I just got stuck in a bogey train. And Ricky returns to the winner circle. Oh, is that from the? Is that what the the uh, commentary was over that? Yes. Did you? Uh, that, that's why. Oh, okay. So what? was it? That was on CBS, right? That wasn't. No, yeah. it's not Nance though. That was. Uh, no, it wasn't Nance. Nance had the week off. I don't know. It, it wasn't was, Immelman. It was, it was the guy that was with Immelman. I don't remember who it was. Andrew Catalan. Yeah. Perfect. Well, whether or not you could hear that, uh, that was the call on Ricky's first win on tour in almost four and a half years. Welcome, one and all, to episode 35 of the Bogey Train podcast. I know it's been a couple weeks, but I apologize to no one. I got Jengs with me today. Jengs, what's good? It's It's been a minute. I would like to take a second to apologize to absolutely nobody. Exactly. No, we- we uh, had a couple of weeks off here. Uh, I don't remember how long it's been since our last show. Actually, I think uh, we um, might have gone. We might. We, was it, it might three be, weeks? Might be three weeks. Yeah, I know. I know we. The last release was June twenty first. So. Oh jeez. Yeah, we had a busy week there with the uh, USAM. Um, oh no. And then obviously last week was the fourth of July, so we did not record last week. But we are back. It's been a while. We've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, Ricky included. Um, you know, if you did not watch that winning putt, he looked up to the clouds and he saw Chubbs Peterson, Abe Lincoln, and the crocodile. Or the Alec and Harambe. And Harambe. They were all looking down on him. Um huge, huge win for Ricky. I believe I called it multiple times. Uh, but we can save that here. For a little bit, you can take that victory can lap. I, if you uh, want can I take to. the victory yeah. lap right now? All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the victory lap on this this Ricky win. I've done this twice this year now. Actually, I did it with Victor Hovland early in the year, where after the Masters, I said he's going to turn it around. He wins the Memorial. He's played very well in the majors. Uh, and then I believe it was our last episode when we talked about Ricky's U.S. Open choke. Uh, and I compared him to Victor Hovland. I said he's going to be this guy who's going to be at the top, and eventually he's going to break through. Uh, and fast forward to the week of Ricky winning, I told Nick in confidence, I said, Nick, this week is the week. I believe Ricky Fowler is going to win the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And then he won the Rocket Mortgage Classic in a playoff over, who was it, Morikawa? And Hadwin. and Adam Hadwin, uh, yep. and he had he had no business winning that playoff. He had no business being in the playoff, and then he throws an absolute dart on the seventy second hole. Yeah, let's let's go back. Let's we're gonna go a couple weeks, couple weeks backward. Uh, and what did like what are your takeaways from Ricky's win at the Rocket Mortgage Classic up at Detroit Golf Club? I. I believe I sent in our group text that this was fun while it lasted. Uh, when Ricky just stalled out and could not make a birdie, like could not birdie into the par fives. I thought it was game over. Um, and then it just, yeah, 
throws a dart on the 72nd hole, like hits the perfect tee shot. I thought he was going to hole it for a second. Um, gets to a playoff and and wins the playoff. Overall takeaways, I guess, would just be, you know, finally, it's about hmm. time. He tried his hardest to throw that one away too. It's not like he played extraordinarily well down the stretch on Sunday. He made one birdie when it mattered. Uh, well, two birdies when it mattered, both on the same hole. But but what's what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, it was a little bit. Um, I don't know. It was odd because it seems like so. It was you know a one shot fifty four hole lead. Obviously, historically has not been a very strong position for his, him. His fifty four hole leads. Did I hear that he's like? Like four for thirteen or four for ten going into the Rocket Mortgage or something like that. I I thought he was, I thought he was like two for ten going Maybe into the Rocket Mortgage with a fifty four hole lead. Um, so, and it was interesting. Uh, I was listen, I listened to uh, Smiley Kaufman's interview with Ricky. Ricky said he had, he was more nervous and had more angst i guess for the final round of rocket mortgage than he had for the u.s open which is i don't know how i is how i feel is the rocket that. mortgage the new fifth major which maybe you know lends to that uh that criticism of ricky that all he cares about is <laughs> sponsorships because i mean if the Apparently. rocket mortgage is Except he can't play worth the jack squat in the farmer's insurance that is so true. He has to go to that tournament year in, year out, and he has like one decent finish there in a 13-year PGA Tour career. Nonetheless, um, it was it was a little bit almost backwards because usually when he does have the 54-hole lead, he kind of gets off to a slow and like shaky and tentative start. But this time it was different to where I mean his first his first nine holes he played really really well he was very locked in he was it looked like he was going to be stepping on throats basically the whole day it it did and then um yeah the rest of the way he just couldn't make any birdies and then you know just hadwin slowly was just making a birdie a little bit he'd make another birdie he'd make another birdie and hadwin overtakes him morikawa overtakes him at 24 under um after birdieing 17 and then he for the same Price could have birdied 18. Morikawa's birdie putt looked very good on 18. That Mm -hmm. um, very easily he could have sealed the deal right there. Um, But then, you know, Ricky comes to the 18th tee with, you know, a shot back, needing a birdie. He knew what he had to do. And that that shot he hit in there was, I mean, up there with the Ricky, the, the Ricky, you know, all-time career shots. Obviously, the wedge at Wells Fargo for his first win. Uh, the wedges at TPC on the 17th hole. Obviously, the the Rocket Mortgage isn't exactly the players, but I mean, as far as quality of shot, when he needed it the most, um, the wedge he hit at the Scottish Open in 2015 on the 72nd hole. I mean, here's the thing with Ricky. You know, everyone says, oh, he chokes, he doesn't play well on Sundays, and there's something to that. However, once he gets to the 72nd hole with a chance or a playoff, he he's a, you better extraordin- look out. He's extraordinarily you clutch. You better look when, out. When he's, you know, on the <laughs> 72nd hole or a playoff. 
Um, you know, another time that he didn't win, you're going back 2016 at Phoenix. Uh, he sort of was in the lead the whole day there in control. And then he gets that unlucky break on 17 when his ball actually goes through the green into the water. So he makes a bogey there and ends up going to the 18th hole one shot back and birdies it to get into the playoff. And I think he and Hideki both birdied it in the playoff or something like that, but not to get too far into the weeds, but basically, yes. Like there's a lot of times when he's, when he's in a great position after 54 holes where he just doesn't show up with his best stuff on Sunday. But if he does get to the, to the last few holes with a chance, he has hit some very, very clutch shots throughout his career. Yeah. Which is, which is really interesting. Like he, he uh, embraces the moment. It's just a matter of getting to the moment. You know, it's like the first, it's like the first 15 holes bore him or something. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's just, I'm here for the, for holes 55 through 71. It's like, haha, I was in the lead and now I'm going to just try and coast my way in. And then I mean, he doesn't. And then he gets to like 17, 18. And he's like, I got to kick it into gear and then just makes birdies. And that's, that's how he plays golf. The thing with dude, I've never felt better about Ricky's golf game. Oh, his game is so good right now. He and and just the the variety of golf courses that he's been in contention the last few weeks, like uh, Memorial, he was in the mix. That course was playing extremely difficult. Uh, obviously, the U.S. Open was playing like a U.S. Open. Well, maybe not, you know, quite like a U.S. Open round one, but um, you know, a U.S. Open setup, and then the next two tournaments after that were birdie fests. I mean, you know, some players historically only play well at birdie fest. Some players are a lot more likely to be in contention if the winning score is closer to par. But the fact that these, these wide range of, I guess, scoring difficulty, and he's, he's been near the top of the leaderboard week in, week out. Um, I mean, he is, Oh, uh, this goes without saying obviously, but he is, he's playing extremely well, the best golf of his career. I, oh, I mean, by, it seems by far, um, you know, a couple, he, oh, he yeah. has just been on a resurgence, you know, even going back to early on in the life of this podcast, uh, the Zozo last year, where he gets to the final round, he's in contention, him and Keegan Bradley, and he just, he couldn't hit an iron shot. His iron game was just, you know, not all there uh, on Sunday. And that's kind of been the theme, I feel like, this season. Uh, he, he's getting to Sunday He's putting himself in contention, um, and then he's he's just not doing it. He's not converting on Sundays. The iron game typically falls apart. That's usually a saving grace. Uh, but you know, it's kind of it's kind of started to shift. It looks like, um, which is which is great. You know, I love to see Ricky back up there. Uh, it it has been way too long. I mean, four years is, and even before that, like, wasn't it? Was it a year or two between those wins? Yeah, his his uh, most recent win prior to the twenty nineteen one was twenty seventeen in February or March. So, yeah, yeah it had like, it. It's, he had had two wins since twenty fifteen. It's it. 
was the feeling if you remember all the way back uh when we would have been in high school and we were just waiting for ricky's first win and he finally gets it the wells fargo kind of that feeling of like finally he you know finally did it we didn't think it would ever happen we were actually in middle school at that point were we or not. Oh my it was God. it was uh the last month of middle school oh gosh um i i was starting to get that i got that same feeling like it, it's just about time you know uh and number six now in the data golf world rankings sick 21 um, in the owgr did you sick. see that uh did you see that thing that i sent you a little bit ago the um it yeah, is yeah. uh shoot no that wasn't the thing i was looking for um Look how prepared we are. I know. He might just win. I mean, going back. Okay, here here it is. So this is this is data golf, except over the last three months, he has been the fourth best player in the world. Trailing only Scheffler, Cantley, and McElroy. And ahead of the likes of Victor Hovland, uh, John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, who else? I mean, everyone else. Xander. I think he's tied with Xander for last three months of and strokes gained. But looking at the open, I mean, if we're talking about those names, you can already throw one of those guys out that's not going to win. Can't lay. Can't lay. Can't play. He he's out of it. Dude, I am feeling um, a backdoor top ten though for Can't lay. A no, little, that's what he does. He's going to yellow. He's going to stolen valor that that yellow Wikipedia box. Uh, but no, I I mean we're we're really kind of jumping around here and getting ahead of ourselves. But with the open coming up, uh, and this is a course where you know the last time the open was there, Ricky top five. He tied second. I mean, this. And the way he's playing right now, I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked if he won. I mean, he's got to win. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's scary. I mean, you look at, he has, since the beginning of March, he has finished outside of the top 20 twice. Heck, since January, he has finished outside the top 23 times in a tournament. And that was a miscut at the PGA. That was a 31st at the Arnold Palmer and a 51st at the or 54th at the Amex. Everything else has been top 20s this year for Ricky. And the Amex was literally the week that he switched to this putter. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, T11 yeah. at the Farmers, T10 at the WM. I'm not going to go down his entire results. Down if we look just since the PGA, since that miscut, T6, T9, T5, T13. And then first, and, and the thing is, three of those he was actually in the mix and had bad Sundays. So they yeah. like a lot of times, you know, when you see a good finish, it's like, oh, that was sort of an inflated, like he wasn't actually in the mix. But Travelers, he had a bad Sunday relative 59. to the field. Obviously, yep. he's he was he was like fourth place going into Sunday and finished. I don't know what T nine or T thirteen. Yeah, so not great. Um, and. Obviously, U.S. Open, right? He was tied first, going in the final round and finished T5. And uh, Memorial, 
he was one shot off the lead on the back nine on Sunday and ended up T nines when he was, you know, T three, I think uh, he might've even been T two at one point. So, uh, so yeah, those results could be even better. They, they uh, very well could one that goes the other way. The Schwab uh, that, that was sort of the opposite of those. He had a nice Sunday that sort of, yeah. 67 um, on Sunday. Uh, what else say? say in regards to that oh yeah it kind of shows uh owgr it kind of shows the leg behind a little bit you know what i mean like it's it's displaying how you know it's it's the last two years or whatever it is right and so i mean there's there's not 20 players in the world better than ricky right now absolutely even even though even though owgr is starting to catch up i mean it just shows that i mean data golf is really on to something here. Uh, they, they had Wyndham Clark pinpointed even before he was winning. That was, that was what sort of alerted me to Wyndham Clark. Honestly, it was, um, I was just, you know, browsing data golf. This was back in the spring. I was like, Oh my goodness. They have Wyndham Clark at the 17th best player in the world. Like this is, I mean, this is, out of nowhere for me, I mean, you know, not a lot of people had Wyndham Clark on their radar. And so then I started following Wyndham Clark a little more closely. He starts playing better. And this is like maybe even two weeks after I realized that, boom, he wins Wells Fargo. Obviously, he goes on to win the U.S. Open as well. So um, the way I heard Kyle Porter describe it is like basically what we see on data golf is is what like the casual fans will be seeing on TV maybe like in a couple months from now. You know, like they'll, they'll be, oh, wow. Like this Wyndham Clark guy is playing good. Like, yeah, we were kind of picking up on that a few months ago, yeah. you know? And then, yeah. So it seems like data golf is sort of ahead of the game where OWGR is trying to catch up. Well, mentioning the data golf rankings and looking at guys, there's a name on here that's in the top 15 data golf rankings that now that I think of it has been playing well, but is a name that I had totally forgotten about for many years. Russell Henley. I was just going to, that was my guess. Russell Henley. <laughs> I know dude. He like, wow. If, if, if the U S wasn't so stacked, I mean, he would have He'd a great be on the Ryder cup, a I Ryder mean, cup. Yeah. Denny McCarthy is another name that Denny McCarthy. Yep. I wonder where's Rosie in data golf. He's sneaky playing pretty good. He's 21 in data golf right now. Okay. He's all, he, like you said, he is playing sneaky. Well, um, Obviously, he did get that win at Pebble Beach earlier this yep. um, or earlier this year, but and I don't think we can go away from talking about Ricky's victory uh, without talking about how this is going to shake up the Ryder Cup now, uh, or if it will yeah. shake it up at all. So because... should we are, should we get right into that now? Or there's there's yeah, just a couple other things now. I wanted to I wanted to just to put a cap on Ricky's win. Um, just like, just briefly, what do you think of the Sally? I that was just, I was like, oof, man, that's just how you do it. You liked that? I I loved it. I, I mean, it's like I've been here before. I'm him. I know what's going on. His caddy is just going absolutely bonkers on yeah. the green. Yeah, Adam I, Hadwin was probably seeing ghosts. Last time he saw a playoff, he got tackled. I mean, it's just I uh 
I, I kind of wish, wish that uh, Ricky Romano, Ricky's caddy, would have uh, just like let the moment soak in a little bit longer before. It's like three more seconds. Yeah, just like before absolutely mauling Ricky. But um, yeah, you know, it was it was good. It was just funny to see the difference because the caddy was just absolutely jumping around losing yeah. it and Ricky just just a little just a, just an exhale. You know, it was Yeah, it was just like a you know, it, depending on how you look at it, it's either like kind of a cocky just like heck yeah or it's just like a you know, like finally. Like this mm-hmm. is something that he's been waiting for for almost or over 4 years now. And yeah. it's just kind of a, a finally. Be honest, was there a tear in your eye? Oh yeah. Were you were you watching it live? I know the coverage of oh, it yeah. was a big yeah. Yeah. That was uh I was yeah. I I was on the roller coaster of emotions because I was watching it and uh he he's not really doing a whole lot, and so I'm just like, you know, just kind of sitting back on the couch and I'm scrolling Twitter. It was just uh, like a just, slow bleed the entire back yeah, line. It was like yeah. each hole, his odds of winning went down a little bit. And then, and then bit. I texted you and Noah, and I was like, man, Morikawa is kind of scaring me right now. And he goes on his tear. Hadwin makes a birdie on the par five. Ricky doesn't make birdie. And I'm just like, dude, come on. We're not going to do this again. Uh, and then he just throws that dart on the 72nd hole. And I was I was right back into it. Dude, and, and then, I just had such a good feeling when I saw that tee shot end up in the first cut. I was like, dude, that is best case scenario. Yeah. yeah. Because how soft the greens were. Um, and then even, you know, in the playoff, obviously you don't want to have 190 yards in when the other guys have about 140. But I mean, for him to be hitting a seven iron out of it was a good lie in the rough because it was matted down, but a seven iron out of the rough, I mean, just seeing what the other guys had to deal with, obviously Hadwin zipped his back and had about 20 feet. And then Morikawa was playing for the spin and then was like a yard long into yeah. the rough. Cause I mean, if Morikawa's lands literally two feet shorter, it's stone dead. Yeah. It's, it's going to take that spin and it's going to come all the way back. But, um, so yeah, I don't know. The, yeah. And with, with Ricky's tee shot, I mean, kind of my thought on that playoff hole was like, yeah, he nuked that really far right, but it was so far right that, like you said, it was in the matted down, you know, where the, the spectators had been standing. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't going to be like a absolutely horrendous lie. So I was like, all right, you know, we got a chance. He gets the benefit of playing first and just absolutely throws one close. Such I think it was like 12 shot. feet, which is just outstanding. It was inside 12 feet. It was 11 and change or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, like you said, Hadwin zips his back on Ricky's line. So he gives Ricky the read too, which is just absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, and um, then he just, he knocks it in. And then my next thing, uh, Butch Harmon, Ricky's coach, uh, has done, I think a couple of interviews since. And he said of all the times that his player has won a tournament, he said this one might mean the most to him, which is, I mean, you could look at it a couple of ways uh, as like, wow, that's really something considering Butch has coached Tiger and Phil and mm-hmm. those guys have won some large tournaments um, or just, you know, Butch trying to inject himself into the situation. Uh, but honestly, that's probably warranted. 
and it's sort of just a flex on John Tillery. Honestly, it's like, dude, you <laughs> broke Ricky. Uh, cause in one of Butch's interviews, he was like, yeah, the one thing that really helped Ricky was soon as we started working together, seeing instant results, you know, he went out and he was sixth in his first tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two tournaments later he was second. I mean, it's like, it kind of makes me wonder like what in the world was Tillery doing? <laughs> yeah. How do you think Tillery feels after seeing that? Like, how long back, were, how long were Tillery and, Tillery and Rick together? Uh, too long, but almost three years. And like the guy doesn't win a tournament in that span. I mean, he doesn't. It really just gets even... worse and worse and worse. Yeah, like, it w- it's not even that he didn't win. It was like he became irrelevant and not qualified for any of the majors. Yeah, like he played. He played one major in 2022. It was the PGA. Yep. He only played two majors in 2021. And the only reason he was in the majors in 2021 was because of a special exemption for the PGA. And he was only in the open because they didn't have it in 2020. And so he was still in off of his T6 from 2019. So, I mean, the two majors he was in in 2020, he sh- was very lucky to be in them. It's just unbelievable. And then he, yeah. like you said, gets back with Butch. And and just... is like, and he's like immediately one of the best players in the world again. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. He, I mean, there's been this you know, this conversation, you're looking at the the top guys. Uh, and at the start of the year, the conversation really revolved around uh, Scotty, Rom, and Rory. And I think at this stage, you know, halfway through the year, uh, the calendar year, not so much the, P- the PGA Tour year, they're almost done with that. Um, but you're looking at like five guys now. You know, you're, you're looking at those same three and then you've got, you know, Ricky and Vic in there. Mm-hmm. You could probably make a case for a few other guys as well. Probably X uh, and Cantlay. Yeah. Those guys are, those guys are yeah. still. But, you know, he, he's back. Oh, yeah. He, he, yeah. He's been playing and better I, than Rob. I think I also months. saw, didn't this win also come the same week that, didn't he announce that he's going to start wearing more orange on Sundays again? I don't think he really announced it. There was just a video going around of um, some fan. He was like giving an autograph to a guy wearing head to toe orange at rocket. I think it like a practice round or something. Dude was like, you should wear head to toe orange again. And he's like, yeah, maybe I'll bring it back. It was, I think so that sick. was sick. That'd be so um, sick. Like but, he needs to, he needs to just for a year, go back on like the rainbow fluorescent outfits Cause like I, I'm kind of getting bored of just these dull blues and grays and stuff like that. He wears a lot of navy like, blue these days. Like, give me the bright blue, the bright lime green, the purple. Like, I want some of those. It's kind of sad. He he doesn't even match his shoes anymore. It's just those white and gray, like 98 percent of the rounds. I think it's you know I'm not to put place blame on people that are no longer in his life. But I think this is Alexis's fault. And he stopped dressing really well after he dated her. So Well, you could say he was dressing poorly at the time and now he's dressing better, but it's it is less unique, that's for sure. It definitely is. Um last thing on Ricky, I really like the timing of this win. Because early timing. Er, earlier in the year, 
Yeah, Jason Day have an emotional win coming off like a you know a career resurgence, but it was the week before the PGA. So it's sort of, you know, there was like an emotional letdown the the week of the major. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I really like Ricky, he wins at Rocket Mortgage, and then he had a whole week off, which is good that he didn't play a tournament the next week, I think. Um then- Scottish Open. Yep. You know, this is his first time playing since the win. Who knows how he's going to play? But, like, the fact that there was the week off and then a buffer tournament before the major, I think I think he'll be, you know, whatever happens, Scottish Open, whatever, you know. Um, but I'm I'm glad it wasn't, like, the week before the, the Open is basically what I'm saying. Speaking of the Scottish Open, just very quickly, looking at the tee times, uh, name I had forgotten about again, Nicholas Colsarts. He's in the field? Yeah, he's playing with Ludwig and Andrew Putnam first round, first two rounds. Ludwig, huh? Interesting. Ludwig is a guy that I cannot wait to talk about. By the way, the the two iconic jailbirds are playing together. Oh, my gosh, they are. I just, uh, what the heck? It's not even fair. And then there's the Rage Monster Tyrrell in the same group. Yeah. That's a good I'd group. Love, I love that guy, though. You got you got one guy who is just an absolute ball striking fiend in Wyndham Clark. You got Ricky, who's like all around. I mean, he's Ricky. I mean, he's one of the most popular players in the game. Then you got Tyrrell Hatton, who, I mean, if you were at an event with, I mean, I would love to follow Tyrrell Hatton and just like watch him make his way through a round of golf. That would be. You've got Tyrrell Hatton, who could end the round with like five clubs in his bag. Oh, Guido's some, in the field too. Good to you'll see. Get some, you'll get some uh, some one-liners from him. So, let's. Should we, uh, where should jump we go? To the Ryder Cup. Jump to the Ryder Cup. Oh yeah, yes, we should to do Ryder continue Cup. With Ricky. Um, so looking at the Ryder Cup standings, it does not launch Ricky into an auto qualifying spot, but it does bring him into the top twelve. Ricky, Ricky's on the team, no matter what. I, I, I would I can't think he has envision to now that a he scenario won. where he's not on the team. He's the he's like the third. No, uh, let me check here. What did Data Golf have him like the fourth best I think American was, player right now? Yeah, fourth best American. Because who's ahead of him? Ram and Rory. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Scotty, um, Scotty Cantlay, and Xander are the yeah. three Americans ahead of him. Ram and Rory are the two. No, yeah, statistically, he's the fourth best American, and there's no way he's not on this team. He has to, right? Be. Yeah. So I mean, I've been part of the Ricky fan club. Okay, for- let's let's assume our auto qualifiers auto qualify. Yep. So we got Scotty, Wyndham, Brooks, Xander, Patrick Cantlay, and Max Homa. What do we think about Max Homa? Do you think he'll retain an automatic spot? Uh, if he continues playing the way that he has so far this year, no. Do you think he, he would be a pick, pick regardless? A little bit. Um, do you think Homa is a pick? Do you think he, do you think Homa is on the team no matter what? I I do think he's probably on the team no matter what. Keegan number seven. Where where I are think, we thinking with Keegan? I I want Keegan on the team. Keegan, man, Keegan is a, is an interesting one for me because he's a dog. Yeah, but 
I still don't know if I put him in the category of he's on the team no matter what. I think he still has to keep up his his play. I I wouldn't put him in the like even though he's ranked five spots higher than Ricky, like I I hate in I'm seeing Ricky as a lock right now. And I see Keegan as probably a lock, but like if he like I don't think it's uh he's on the team no matter what situation. The, the one downside for Keegan is he did play poorly in the match play. Um mm. I don't know how much you know the the captains will look into match play record and stuff like that. But all right. Number eight, Jordan. Jordan's on the team. Jordan's on the team. Collins on the team. Collins on the team. Cameron Young is an interesting one. If you would That's a very interesting done, one. If we would have done this three months ago, uh, there would have been n- not a single doubt in my mind Cameron Young was going to be on this team. But uh, things are a little different now. Uh, let's play a little game. Cameron Young or Justin Thomas? Oh, my gosh. That is a hard one. Uh, I would go... I'd go JT. It's I don't know if I like that, but it's just because JT's form is so bad. They're but they're both their forms I think, are pretty bad. I still I still think JT has enough like in the bank in terms of what he's done in team competitions that between those yeah. two, I I'd have JT on my team. And the fact that he and Spieth are just a no brainer duo. Yeah. Uh eleven Sam Burns. Um, would you rather have Burns or McCarthy? Gosh, I didn't want you to ask me that question. That was not the one I wanted. I looking at trending wise, I'd probably rather take McCarthy. And the thing is, like, that's the Ryder Cup is who's making more putts. Yeah. Hey, McCarthy is probably a top three putter on this planet. So um, I don't know. It's That's really interesting. I think Burns has just, he only has experience from last year's president's cup. If I remember correctly. And uh, his form hasn't been great lately. Denny McCarthy has better form for sure. So oh, for sure, for sure. That's a, uh, that's an interesting one. Okay. How about Sam Burns or Tony Finau? Ooh. Tony Finau is down at 18. Yeah. Uh, which after, what do you have a two or three win season last year? You have a three winner. Um, I don't know if we're talking calendar year or season. Cause he has, he has multiple wins this PGA tour season. This season. Yeah. Yep, he won last fall at the Houston Open, and then he won this spring at the Mexico Open, but he decided to choose the two smallest events to win at. But the Ryder Cup standings is the two-year cycle, so he has, yeah, he has. Rocket Mortgage, the 3M. Yeah, Rocket Mortgage, 3M, Uh, Houston Open, Mexico Mexico Open at Vidanta. A lot of top 10s in there. Um Form is not great right now. Looking no, it's, at just it's, it's recent really results, not great. But who who'd you ask me? Tony Finau or who? Sam Burns. Give me Tony. Tony Finau or Cameron Young. <sighs> Has Tony Finau played on a Ryder Cup team? 
Two of them. Give me Tony Fino then. You had one guy. So say you had to choose you to choose between well, I guess that's what we were already doing. Uh you had one spot left on your team. You want Keegan or Tony? I want Keegan. That's fair. I can't fault that. JT or Tony for one spot. JT. McCarthy or Tony? Ah, that's that one's actually tougher. That one I'm gonna I'm gonna take Denny McCarthy with that one. Fair. I can't fault that. Uh that's oh, that is tough though. That's a very tough one. Kurt Kitayama or Tony Fino? Tony Fino. Okay, yeah. Kitayama is just a little bit too streaky. It's you know? it's um, it was really cool when it happened for Kitayama. It it's the magic's done. I'm I'm I mean, dude, do we want to do we want to go through his results since he won? No. I dude, how is Russell Henley 24th in the US Ryder Cup standings, but he's like in the top 15 in data golf? It's a great question. Like, how is that even how is that actually possible? How can you miss seven cuts after winning an event this year? So how does data golf have him that high then? Maybe. For Kiriyama? No, no, no. I'm talking Russell Henley. Oh, oh I was talking yeah, about Kiriyama. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Russell Henley has been steady top twenty. Okay. Since the players. Um, I'm a little disappointed. Sahith hasn't had good form recently. I was hoping he would make a push to be on this I, team. I thought not, Sahith would definitely get a win this year. It's not looking great. I do have Sahith on my team this week, though. Uh, I don't know. I kind of, for some reason, I kind of like. Kind of like him around the Renaissance Club. Renaissance. We will, we will see. Uh, do we do we want to look at Team Europe or not really? See, I Team Europe is just too confusing because you got the world and the you European the world rankings. Points. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their their situation's a little bit bleak over there. I I see. I hear people talking about this European team, and they're kind of striking a little bit of fear in me. Um, for this year, because you're looking at, they're still going to have John Rahman Rory. They're going to have Tommy Fleetwood and Shane Lowry. Uh, they're going to have Victor Hovland and Matt Fitzpatrick and Tyrrell Hatton, Sepp Straka, Justin Rose. I mean, they're going to have some ballers on that team. Probably throw in some guys. I mean, right now Yannick Paul's an auto qualifier, so you gotta throw his name out there. Maybe Victor Perez. Um, obviously not Bob McIntyre. That guy is hot. Interesting. Garbo. There had been uh, talks of Nikolai Hoygaard as a captain's pick uh, for good reason, but now Rasmus Hoygaard. Rasmus is, is now, number five in the European. Rasmus points. is the five in European points. Uh, could we end up with? Multiple Hoy guards? Yeah, he's 14 in world. He just jumped up 11 spots in world points last week. Did he get a big win? He yeah, jumped he up won. nine in European. Did he win? He, he won the Made in Himmerland. Um, it's actually a home event for him. It was in uh, Denmark. Nice. So good, good for, I think it was like a really long playoff, like four holes or something. Second best Danish golfer of all time. So now we're looking at Rasmus instead of Nikolai. How many Hoy guards are there? 
Oh, that's Horgard. Oh yeah, then then yeah, then there's like a yeah. Oh my gosh. Um uh Ludwig is Ludwig going to Oh, be Ludwig. I think Ludwig could make a very strong case for a captain's pick. There was a question mark at one point if he was eligible because you have to be uh, a DP World Tour member. To but um I I'm hearing that he is. So I honestly would be surprised if he's not on the team. And yeah. I want to uh, I want to give some props to Tron Carter, frankly, because he has been saying for years that Ludwig was going to be on this Ryder Cup team uh, in Italy, and it's not let, not that it's a done deal, but I just if you're if you're Luke Donald, how do you not look at Ludwig at this point? Tron Carter is also the the end all be all of picking up and coming golfers. Cause he also did the same for Scotty Scheffler. He said that he's going to be the next he invented Scotty Scheffler, oh. but he's also, he has also hitched his, uh, the wagon of his reputation to Tommy Fleetwood, which is also tough. <laughs> which is so, hilarious. What did uh, cause him to, uh, have to make an apology. Yeah. And it's not doing great for the TC vision fund. Luckily, um, luckily on this podcast, I have not had to make many, apologies i had to make speaking one. of victory laps which we were doing earlier um i didn't say this on the pod i told this to you um non-recording i'm gonna take a little bit of a victory lap for keegan winning yeah. travelers yeah um so i predicted earlier in the year that he was going to win a quote huge event um in my mind at the time it was either pga or the players is what i was thinking uh neither of those happened but uh i'll take a designated event designated event i'd call that huge so obviously you know uh, maybe not huge i call it big tpc big. river highlands isn't exactly a uh, tpc sawgrass or oak hill or a major or anything like that but i'm gonna i'm gonna take a little victory lap on that one yeah i what were we talking we were talking about the tc vision fund and uh, tommy fleetwood speaking of tommy fleetwood did you see the picture of him at uh Wimbledon? No. I just saw the Bond villains, Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas. He looked like a mob boss. It's kind of what, uh, that's kind of what the, uh, the American boys were looking like too, except Spieth who didn't iron his suit. suit. He's saving, I heard he was saving the irons for, uh, the open. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dude, Uh, as far, like, dude, Spieth has, Spieth and his Under Armour, I'm sorry, but it's it's some of the worst style on tour. See, I like some of the Under Armour stuff. Shoes I'm not saying just, Under Armour doesn't have good stuff. For some reason, him specifically, the stuff, the stuff on speed, like it looks like something an 11 year old might wear. Truly. Okay, would you rather would you rather wear Jordan Spieth's script or I know what Victor Hovland's uh, Jay yep, yep, script? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that is a tough one. I have to go speed. Uh, Vic- Victor's Jay Lindeberg is, is, terrible. I think I'd actually it really is awful. I mean, if they were just, if Jay Lind was giving me that gear to wear, I'm taking that. We're gonna have to delete all these episodes when they sponsor us. <laughs> Which one? Jay Lindeberg or uh, Under Armour? Jay Lindeberg. Well, I'd just give him a compliment. So maybe they will sponsor us. I can stop uh, by all my golf clothes at Target it, and actually get some good clothes. If you were to be sponsored by one one clothing company, what would it be? I 
am going to go out on a huge limb and I'm going to say foot joy. Ooh, okay. Does um, this include shoes too? I'm assuming because it's clothing. Um, depends if the if if the company has shoes, then yes. Yeah, then foot joy. Uh, okay. I'd have to think about it for a second. I, I I know it wouldn't be Under Armour. Probably not Nike. I've never been a huge Nike fan. Um, I mean, Puma. I haven't liked Puma's shoes in a while. Even yeah, coming, from a guy, coming from a guy who has a pair. Uh, I think the last pair of cats. Puma shoes I liked were the, the Titan, Titan Tours. Titan Tours. Yeah, so... Uh, man, Footjoy. Travis Matthew, I feel, is too basic. Because everyone loves Travis. And I I think their colors are still a little too muted for me. Like, I know I, I like a little more color than what Travis has. Yeah. Um, Adidas has some good stuff. What about Skechers? Do they have apparel? Okay, low-key, Callaway apparel is slept on. I didn't very, even know Callaway made apparel. Very good stuff. I bought three of their shirts last weekend. Uh, so I would love to buy I have kind of had the itching to buy another golf shirt, but I know that I would probably end up in a ditch somewhere if I did. Because I do have a closet that probably right now has somewhere in the 35 to 40 golf shirt range. Well, uh, which I definitely probably need to get rid of some. So I can't get any more, but. Yeah. Some of those new brands like Swannies and Waggle, there may be still a hair allowed for me. Oh, Ooh. Here's what I'm going to do. I can replace foot joy apparel i'll still get the shoes because this brand does not have shoes rowback oh yeah yeah that's that's respectable yep shout out wesley bryan shout out a lot of people not rowback sponsors in the uh influencer world yep uh shout um, out the bogey train uh, new sponsor alert uh it is nobody yeah. still still unsponsored rowback no back uh, uh anything any, else on rider cup rider cup, cup yeah. ricky not really not really for me no. No. i am looking forward to the rider cup though i am so we got we got some early tea times tomorrow coming for the scottish open across yeah, 1 15 a.m i think i might stay up for those stay up or go to bed early and get up early i was in it at 1 15 well i don't i don't even know who tees off when uh, I guess the first tee time is one fifteen a.m. That'll probably be ESPN Plus PJ Tour Live. I have, I got that. Uh, Ricky tees off. Where did he? Where did he go? I just had him. Uh, Ricky tees off at seven twenty-five a.m. So I will be up. I'll be at work by then. So. Hmm. All right. What else do we have in our notes? Do we need well, to talk we, about what happened on June twenty eighth? <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you have the day remembered, the date. Um, you know, we were just talking about Wyndham Clark, who is the USGA champion. And speaking of USGA events, I heard that there were some USAM qualifiers recently. Yeah. Um, so I attempted to qualify for the United States Amateur. And I attempted to caddy for the United States Amateur yep. qualifier. And uh, 
Jinx here was on the bag for me. What are like what are your what are your thoughts from that day? Oh they obviously did not I mean the range session was kind of promising, at least from my eyes. I don't know how you felt, but the range session looked a little bit promising. It's not what we were looking for. No. Uh the first tee shot I feel like kind of set the tone for for a lot of the day. Um, yeah, I wasn't, uh, yeah. So it started, stepped up on the 10th tee, which was the hole I started on for the first, the morning round. And, uh, yeah, a little, just a little snapper Magoo into the, the trees, I guess trees penalty area on the left started with a nice little double bogey. I think I had to make about a five footer for double. Yeah. It was kind of a shaky five footer too. I mean, we couldn't um, really get the the read on it, but so honestly, after that, I was not worried because last few times I've started off in a tournament, I've had a terrible start, like at, at the state mid-am, double bogeyed my first hole yeah. in the tournament because of a snap hook. Um, obviously, that's not the start you want, but you know, I it didn't it didn't mess with me mentally. Like I was like, okay, a lot of a lot of golf left, mm-hmm. whatever. Like that's what I was time, trying to but, uh, trying to tell you too. I mean, there's 35 holes left. For, yeah. Well, it, for in theory, most, for most people, um, on paper, yeah. And you know, obviously, you played the practice round the course. I didn't, so I didn't really know what was coming. Uh, but I figured we'd have some birdie opportunities there that we could, you know, scratch it back to even and shoot something like that. And you know, the next few holes or the next couple holes, you kind of yeah, steadied really- out. I had really nice pars on the next two because yeah. it was playing. It was really breezy that morning. There was, was a lot of water windy. on a lot of water on those those next couple holes. A couple solid pars, and then uh, the <laughs> that next tee one shot was on a, twelve. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> what living on the edge or what? Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, four paces from the water. Um. And yeah, the, the par five thirteenth. I had a had a perfect tee shot. Had a six iron in and. Just tugged it into the water, made a six there when I should have been making four, really. Um, so that one was a sort of a gut punch to be three over through four when I was felt like I was going to be moving back in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And then the next hole is just a brutal golf hole. That's it's, especially with that win. That's just an unbelievably brutal. Yeah, golf it's hole. like a it's like a up- uphill turns to the left par four. And you can't miss it right because you're down that down a yeah. cliff. And it's like it's like four four seventy or something yeah, on the card. That's it. Playing that's probably brutal. It was probably playing five hundred five ten that day. At least brutal par four. Um, made a five there. And you said um, you can't miss right. You also can't miss where we missed it, uh, which was on the side hill of a bunker. Yeah, I was like, it's like, would I have rather been in the bunker or because my ball was on the grass, but it was so far below my feet that I had, I mean, it was a good shot to get it to yeah, whatever yeah, I had left, shot. like 50 yards. Didn't get up and down for par. We're not going to go through every hole, but no, we don't um, need to. Ended up turning. <laughs> I think I made a couple pars after that. Yeah, you parred. Turned and I was, I was hanging at four over, I think. Which like obviously is not the yeah. start you want for the front nine. Uh, four but, over through eight. 
Well, that's the thing, because okay. then the, the the double on eighteen was yeah. just was a that, killer. That, that was, was the kick in the teeth. That was what really like turned it into like, okay, I can still have a decent day to like, this is not going well. Yeah. Um. Hey, well, nice part. No, nice I I would I wouldn't say that we were at the this is not going well stage yet. Six over through holes. nine is not a good start. We had a couple holes before we hit the ultimate level. Well, yeah, neither of us could have predicted just how bad it was about to get. Yeah, the uh, well, and the, it was a great par on one that I thought for sure was going to be another six because I yep. thought there's no way you're finding that tee shot. Yeah, found it. <laughs> Somehow kept the ball on the green from there. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, so I parred one, two really tough hole. Hit honestly a decent iron shot that that came up in the bunker. Just like I, I missed it, just like three yards right of where I was trying to, and the and it was plugged of course because those bunkers are like an actual beach. Like there's so much yeah. sand. Um, but and yeah, like what like I meant with, with the with the six over, like the beat to be to make that double and go six over through nine. Kind of, that's kind of when you're like okay, feeling like you don't really have a chance anymore and now it's gonna like it's gonna be one of those rounds where you struggle to break 80 is like sort of a tough uh a tough realization yeah uh and then hole three oh you didn't you didn't want to mention a hole two when you had like when i underread a putt by 30 30 feet per par and then you had 25 feet 25 feet for bogey (laughs) and can the 25 footer yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and 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 it wasn't even bad speed either. That's the thing. Like I just simply underread the the break by multiple feet, and then the wind was pushing the ball that way too. Um, and that that's the part of the course where you're on top of the hill up there. That is completely yeah. There's exposed. no protection there. Completely exposed. And uh, yeah, honestly, my first two shots on hole six were as good as I could have hoped. Straight into the wind, par five, playing really long. I don't know. Hole what three, not hole yeah. six. Hole three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Hole three. Um, hole six. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where that came hole from. Hole six was not good. No, that hole sucked too, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's playing straight into the wind. And usually I, I am pretty good on into the wind. Like that's a, honestly one where I feel like uh, I think I can separate myself a little bit normally. But – I actually hit a really good tee shot, really good second shot, and left myself 86 yards for my for my third shot on the par five. It's like okay, let's let's try to actually have a good look at birdie here. Uh, pulled the wedge into the bunker left, and that's just short sided. These pins were nasty. Like the pin was so close to the left edge of the green, and then flub the or chunk the bunker shot was still on the upslope. Loved that chip was still on the upslope. Chipped it to three feet, so I had that for a double, and then I proceeded to three putt it. Somehow, Just an it, added, it added it added up real quick because then we had a really long walk to the next tee, and the whole time I was just like recounting my shots from the previous holes. Like, did, was it really a nine? Well, well and that's the uh, the kid that you played with, the one that was kind of a, a tool. Um walks up to me as like, cause you're probably 10, 15 yards ahead of me walking up to the next tee. And he walks up beside me and he just goes. And I'm like, I don't know. 
Like I was yeah. sitting in there raking the bunker. I don't know how quick and, that and added for up. The, and, and, and for those who weren't able to see that, uh, which is everybody, because this is an audio only <laughs> platform, he gave me the uh, like signaling nine with both of your hands, like five fingers and four fingers. So just, uh, you know, because what everyone would have heard is he gave me the in like five seconds of silence. <laughs> yeah, that's how he. Yeah, see, I didn't know podcast. about that, but. Yeah, that was it was probably tough to play with me that day. It was it was a rough one. Oh, well, it's um, tougher to play with that kid. So are there any other holes we need to yeah, we should talk about hole six, probably. Uh so I make a nine there. I make a double on the next hole. Um which like and it was just one of those days to where like usually a double bogey is just like gut like a gut punch. Like, oh my gosh, I just made a double. But it was one of those days to where like I would blink and I felt like I just made a double. Like I yeah. just, I, it was like, Oh, like the, I just made another double. I don't know how that happened. And yeah. Then, it's like, it, it, it was just one of those ones where they just keep coming at you. Yeah. Like usually I feel like a hole has to go absolutely disastrous to make a double. But at that day it felt like if, like if I played the hole, anything other than perfect, it was a double. It was just, yeah. One of those days I I was thinking about it, and I, I truly don't think I've shot that high since I was a junior in high school. I can't think of any other because I think my uh, highest score in I think my highest score in college was 80, 82 or eighty four, probably eighty four. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it was an eighty seven, folks. Uh. And then hole six is the easiest hole on the course. Par five, a short, straight, short, straight short, short reachable par, par five. five, straight down wind. Um, I had, like in, in my practice round, I had like 10 feet for eagle on that hole. It was like, and blew my tee shot way right and like chunked one and then shanked one. And I ended up somehow like 70 yards long and right of the green on the next hole playing up like a 30 foot hill back up to the green. It was just, it was just some of the most demoralizing nonsense. Um, like I, it, it, it went from feeling like at the beginning of the day, if I have a good day, I, I'll have it. Oh, I can be in the mix to qualify for this thing to with a few holes left in the round, like truly feeling like I couldn't even keep the ball on the hole that I was playing. So, uh, ended up coming in with an 87 and, uh, quick turnaround time because it's a 36 hole qualifier. Had about maybe 20 minutes till I was supposed to tee off for my next tee time. Made the decision that I wasn't going to do it. Just, just decided to drive home. Um, felt like I was not in a mental state to go play 18 more holes on a golf course like that um i don't well, know what, what, were, what, what, yeah, what were your thoughts on that decision that was a tough dairy queen experience by the way I'm brutal i th- i don't know what was worse the dairy queen experience or the round of golf but and that's saying something <laughs> um my thoughts on this like you know i i kind of like i told you there i was very indifferent on it like i was just kind of going with whatever you wanted to decide um, you know, obviously from my personal thought, like if I'm playing in a qualifier and it's, I'm 
15 shots out of the, the cut line with one round to go, like why waste my time would kind of be my mm. point of view. But then like at the same time, like if I'm playing the state stroke play and I know I'm not going to win state stroke play after one round, like I'm not just going to withdraw. I'm still going to play the other two rounds. So like, I don't, yeah, maybe, um, maybe that's different just cause it's not a qualifier and it's an actual like event, so to speak. But yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, I probably like, if I had to do it again, I'd probably play the second round. Yeah. Uh, it's not like I stew over it and regret it or anything like that. But if I had to do it again, I probably would have just played the next 18 to be honest. Yeah, it's probably a pride thing too. Just like, yeah, I played like junk that round. Now I'm going to go. Yeah. Go play better. I also, I mean, I'm not going to say I was super upset about the decision. Cause I don't think I could have taken 18 more holes with that kid, but, um, it was just weird because, you know, I never thought I was or wanted to be the guy that like, oh, I played bad, so I just don't want to play the next round. It was like, it was just a weird, like mental thing. Like that was not your average golf course. Like that was the golf course to where like the mental state I had uh, devolved into where like I, I truly could have shot 95 in the next round. Yeah, it's it, that's, like, that's I, a course where you have to be mentally there. I, uh, yeah, I just felt like, yeah, that, that round beat me up, beat me up enough to where I, I I just did not want to see that golf course anymore. So yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a strange day. Haven't, uh, haven't had one like that in a while. And then in my next round of golf, I proceeded to shoot 67. So that's, that's how that stuff works. Like last week, uh, well, I guess it would have been two weeks ago in men's league. Like I just couldn't hit the ball. Like I showed up to the range to warm up for league. Uh, and I like, you know, a bucket of balls. There's like 35 or 40 balls. My first like 20 to 25 were all tops or shanks. Like my ball didn't leave the ground for the first 25 golf shots I hit. And then I finally hit one good iron and switched to driver. And it was like, Oh, I got to hit driver now. Um, and shot like 82. And as people would ask me like, oh, how's the golf game? It's like, it's terrible. Like I just shot 82. I'm playing so bad. I can't get the ball in the air. Go play three days later and shoot two under. Like, it's just, it's how golf works. I, it's weird, but. Yeah. And I remember like, because obviously that that round, it sort of, uh, I don't know, it sort of took me off guard, I guess. And and bummed me out and kind of discouraged me. And I mean, you couldn't vouch for that. The things I was saying on the course and on the way home and all that sort of stuff. But, um, I just remember I listening telling, to Taylor Swift on the way home. I was telling one of my guys at work, I was just like, yeah, I just don't know what happened to my golf game. I just haven't had a round like that in, you know, however many years or whatever. And he's like, that's golf, man. Like he, it was just like in the most casual way. And I was like, huh, yeah, I guess that is. I mean, you know, it's, I just don't have to think too much into it. I mean, clearly, like, like I mentioned that my, you know, my next round was good and my game felt like it was back to normal and all that sort of stuff. So it was yeah. just, it was just a freak day. Yeah. And that's like, like he, like you just said, that's, that's golf. 
you know, sometimes it happens and it happens to everybody. I mean, Justin Thomas just shot 81 in the U S open two weeks ago. I did learn something though about like self correcting. I, I applied uh, what Wyndham Clark's strategy is. So Wyndham Clark doesn't have a swing coach. Um, and he just does a thing to where if he feels like the ball starts to move too much in one direction or the other, he'll just go onto the range and hit exclusively the other shot. So like you saw at uh, Dakota Ridge, clearly my miss was left. Mm-hmm. Like my, my irons, it was a huge draw. And so my next few times uh, back here, uh, back home, I... There was like three or four days in a row where I just went to the range and just was hitting only, I was just doing everything I could to hit only fades. And then, um, I just thought that'd be a, an interesting like YouTube channel or website only fades. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you're speaking of hitting fades on the range. I actually went to the range today and I saw the ball move right to left multiple times, which was, there you go. A weird feeling. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I've kind of devolved into the point of the season where I've pretty much told both my men's league partners uh, and basically everybody else that I've talked to, like once we're out of the running for making the shootout in men's league, it's I'm basically chalking up the rest of my season and going straight into swing changes for the rest of the year so that I have more time to get it ready for next year. Uh, which I also told myself, I made myself a promise that I will not play another major like SDGA tournament until I'm back to a plus handicap. So I might not be playing the match player stroke play ever again, but question how much would you pay for a lesson with Butch? Hmm. Well, the real question, what is it? I mean, obviously there's probably no price you can put on how much a Butch Harmon lesson costs. Uh, it costs whatever someone is willing to pay for it. A two-day golf lesson package with Butch Harmon and his staff currently costs five grand. Uh which you get a lesson, three nights accommodation at the Las Vegas Strip, two days of instruction with Butch and his professionals. I'd pay that in a heartbeat. You'd, you'd pay $5,000? Just, I mean, for the lesson and the experience, yeah. That would be uh, awesome. Just regular appointments, it looks like, are just 500 an hour. Um, I'd pay that. I'd pay that. I mean, I don't know what the prices are for the local pro here, but uh, $500 for, I mean, two hours or pay a thousand dollars for two hours of Butch Harmon. I mean, I'll be the best golfer in Watertown, South Dakota. Yeah. So, I mean, using that on the range, it, it did help me because I mean, the next time I, next time I went out and played, I, my ball flight was a lot, more neutralized and yeah i even hit a couple fades with irons which was which was nice i i, I did hit some chunks though i i'm still I, it wasn't back all the way yeah but it was better yeah 
Uh, all right. What next? Oh, I was going to mention that Shane Bacon. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw that he qualified. That I knew he was a decent golfer. I did not know he was that good. I mean, you got to be if you're if you're if you're getting through a USAM qualifier, you are a player. So shout out to Shane Bacon because he's going to be teeing it up at Cherry Hills in August. That is sick. That is very sick. I think oh. he shot 70-70. Word, well, I guess it doesn't matter what qualifier he did, but. That one was just like a day or two ago. It's kind of a late one. Uh, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, do we talk, uh, did we talk enough Scottish Open already? In the I Open? think we talked. You know, quite a bit of it. Um, Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club. Ricky's going to win. Actually, no, he's not going to win. He's not going to win because he's going to save the winning for next week at Hoy Lake. Um, Here's what I think. I think Ricky's going to get off to a slow start. He's going to make the cut, but I think he's going to like backdoor top 20 or 15 this week. And then I think he's going to be in the mix next week. Yeah, I, I, I honestly agree. would be surprised if he's not in the mix at Hoy Lake for the Open. I'm just reading on this Shane Bacon thing. Uh, so he's 39 years old. The other qualifier at that uh, qualifier was 16. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh he went 70-70. He had nine bogeys and 11 birdies over 36 holes. That's pretty good. Including a birdie on the last hole that got him in, apparently. That is just stones. That's, I mean, that's just got to be one of the coolest feelings ever. Can we do I mean, like 30, a full... Uh... 39 is old to be playing in the U.S. Amateur, too. That's how old he is? Yeah. Dude, that's so cool. The only problem with that is, like, that's going to keep me coming back. Because, like, truly, like, how much time does he actually get to practice? I I bet he doesn't get that much time to practice. So, I, I mean, you don't need a lot of... I've been reading a book and it's been talking a lot about, you don't need a lot of time to practice. It's just about the intentionality of the practice. That makes the difference. What's that book? Uh, it's called shoot. What is that one called? The practice manual. It's a, uh, so I actually have two books that I got. Well, I was going to save this for after uh, our last thing, but we could just, um, we could just do it now. I mean, I, yeah. What you mean? Like the, all the Senate hearing stuff. Yeah. I say we just don't talk about that because okay. I don't want to. Yeah, the, I mean, I didn't really understand a whole lot of it anyway. <laughs> I basically uh, put it on there to say, like, I don't want to talk about this stuff. Yeah, okay. uh, in case you're unaware, the Senate committee hearing was yesterday, and they did a whole bunch of stuff. And Basically, the some officials from the PGA Tour like were brought in to testify, and the you know some senators grilled them, and it was all this big thing, but... 
I but nothing I will come from it because it's still basically. a framework agreement and there's no actual agreement made. So I I want live officials to have to testify. That's, that's what I I've heard that that's kind of the what they want. Like they're looking to schedule a second hearing date uh, to get live officials in. But yeah, I just like I just like talking golf. I don't want to talk that yeah that nonsense anymore. Even though that's yeah. like the biggest story in golf. So yeah, because we're a golf podcast, we talk about golf, not politics. Uh, and speaking said, of golf podcasts, I say the rest of the way we just talk about like our own golf stuff for this. Yeah, one. yeah. Okay, Bye. I like that. Um, so. I got these two books. I actually, one of the golf podcasts I listened to, uh, it's a podcast called The Sweet Spot. Uh, and the two guys that host it, it's Adam Young uh, and John Sherman. And both of those two have, they've each written their own books. Uh, so Adam Young wrote The Practice Manual. John Sherman wrote The Four Foundations. Uh, and for the last like two weeks or so, I've been diving into the practice manual uh, and it's, you know, it's really just a, a book about golf. I mean, not so much the golf swing, but you know, it talks a lot about impact laws and impact physics and ball flights and, you know, just, just kind of the whole wide variety and, you know, focusing your practice on one thing, having a certain focus uh, during your golf swing, having routine, like, you know, it's when you read it, it all seems like basic things that you should already know, but it's stuff that a lot of people don't necessarily know. So it's been really interesting um, taking some of that and actually getting back into practice and hitting range balls and working on some of that stuff, which has made me feel like I've improved a little bit. So there you go. So, yeah. Uh, you know, if anybody follows us on Twitter, you would have seen that we tweeted out our handicaps yesterday. Or was that two days ago? I don't remember. Uh-huh. It all blends together for me. Yeah, it's it's the middle of summer. I'm on the wrong Twitter page anyway. I'm just in a uh, I'm in a slump right now to where I haven't gotten to play any golf since July 3rd, and that was nine days oh. ago. And I won't be getting to play any golf in like an 18 hole round in the foreseeable future. So it's just a very, very depressing July for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you still going to play the state stroke play in August or is that a, yes, you are. Yep. I'm signed up for it. Yep. So you might be going into that dry. That's what you're saying. Um, I'm, I, I'm trying to play the pro-am before that. Oh, I originally thought I wasn't going to be able to do that. That's still a possibility, but um, I'm going to try to make things work so that I can play that. So did I did I see that like Bata and Haas are playing the pro am together or something like that? <laughs> that might be true. I don't know, <laughs> like something crazy like that. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat, like not playing wise, but just in a little bit of a slump. Uh, Kind of in June, it felt like I was playing some of the best golf I've played since college. Um, you know, I had a couple really, really good rounds. I think I had a sixty, I had a sixty-seven and a sixty-nine back-to-back rounds, which were like rounds that I haven't shot in years. And since then, it's just it's been hit and miss. 
my last three rounds I've gone uh, 81, 70, 76. So it's just, it's kind of back and forth. But, but I played, what was it, Monday night? And, you know, the, I can hit good golf shots. It's just a matter of doing it consistently and not getting myself in trouble. Um, but yeah, it's, it's golf, not playing the stroke play. I think I've only got one tournament, like actual individual tournament left this year. And it's the Compesca. Unless they do a club championship, I'd play that. But if they're not doing one, I don't, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I think I'm going to make a slight change to something I do on the course. I think I'm going to start putting with a line again. Um, just to kind of like have me focus a little bit more, um, and pick more, more precise targets. Yeah. I think, um, I've been getting a little bit, I don't know if lax or loose on the greens is the right word, but just like, just sort of aiming, like, Oh, I'm just kind of aiming over here, you know? Um, and so, I mean, and I'm going to try to incorporate it into my practice too. And really, um, cause I mean, I, I hit, I hit a, like a bag of range balls and get a little bit of time to putt way more than I get time to actually golf right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, cause yeah, it's way easier. Like if you're on the practice putting green to hit more putts, if you're not lining it up, right. You can just like hit a bunch of putts. It takes a little yeah. bit of time to, to go through a read and line up the ball and, yeah, but I th- I think it will be worth it. Now, if I eventually go back to not using a line, it's possible. Honestly, because I'd rather it be that way because it's easier. It takes less time. You know, you just sort of when you're on the course, you set the ball down and you putt. Mm. But I do think I need to do that right now. Um, so then it will give me a better idea if it if it's if it's reads that I'm struggling with or if it really is start line. Uh, I've been thinking about getting a Pell's putting tutor if you know what that is Mm-mm. it's the little um it's a little thing like you put Was it on like the, the laser thing no it's flat on the ground you know like a mirror would be but yeah. it's not a mirror it's not a mirror it's just a little um there's ball bearings on the end of it that's like a start oh, gate okay okay try to hit it hit it through those um yeah i think, I think we're getting didn't we have one of those in high school line no i don't think i've never used one i don't think i feel like our um, one of our coaches in high school had one but Think about getting a chalk line and or like the putting string, one of those two, just to like calibrate myself on straight putts for alignment and, you know, the role of the putt and all that sort of thing. So I I have a goal to get like more intentional with my putting practice because I have a a tendency to say, okay, I know, I, I, I know putting isn't the best part of my game. So I go spend some time on the green doing some putting, but then I just sort of slap the ball around. And then by the end of it, I don't feel like I'm, I've done anything. So, uh, yeah, that's one thing I'm, I'm going to start working on. Yeah. That was kind of like what you just said. That was what my range sessions felt like. Well, 
from yesterday compared to today, um, went out yesterday uh, before going to watch my sister play softball and wanted to hit a couple buckets and just work on some things. And it was like the first 15 balls, I felt like I was actually really focused on what I was trying to do and, you know, being really intentional with it. And then the rest of it just felt like I was just slapping balls just to hit balls. And I felt like the biggest waste of time. Uh, and I actually get in the car after I'm done and two buckets of balls. It was like 45 minutes. I was mm-hmm. like, there's, that's just not enough time. Like to hit whatever it is, 70 golf balls in 45 minutes. Like I'm not really paying attention to anything. So I went again today and actually, you know, had a lot better range session, was more intentional, you know, was picking out targets and, you know, setting goals for what I wanted on a golf shot. And, you know, hour and a half, hour, 15, hour and a half, whatever it was, but felt a lot better leaving the range today. Like, even if it is not a hundred percent successful, like it's small goals. And that's kind of going back to the book. It's one of the things that I've kind of just taken away recently is that like me wanting to, you know, stop coming over the top is not going to be a, a one hour fix. Like it's, Mm. it's small steps to get exactly to where I want to be. So I've been kind of in that, mental headspace lately that you know it's not going to just change overnight it's something that i'm going to be you know probably working on from the end of july or end of august until next march or april i mean at least you get simulator all through the winter yeah yeah and i'm actually well might try and clear off a spot in my backyard uh during the winter and get a little turf mat and a net and just hit balls in my backyard. Yeah, it's gonna not be too any, cold. Is there going to be any feedback though? You should get a, a launch monitor. It'll be, it'll be feel feedback. It won't be like, there can be like, you can, uh, there are more affordable launch monitors. Yeah. Like if you could, if you could swing like 500. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't worth. know if, uh, I mean, I don't have room in my house that I could do it in my house. It would be an outdoor thing. So, so it might be something to look into. Um, yeah, let's see. Putting, yeah, going just, back to your putting thing too. Uh, thoughts on aim point. I don't know if we've talked about aim point on this podcast before. Um, clearly, there's something to it. I mean, almost like, all of the pros are doing it. I am very strongly considering uh, – one of the guys in town here is actually like an aim point certified teacher or whatever. Uh, I'm strongly considering getting involved in the voodoo. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I don't want to, because I already am a pretty good putter. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, you know, incorporate aim point and completely throw off everything that I have, but. I think, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to throw off what you have. I think it, it does take some dedication, though, to get good at it and good at sensing the 
sensing the slopes. And I do still have a lot of questions about it in terms of how it works. Like if the putt just doesn't have a uniform break, like if it, if it starts straight and then breaks late or vice versa, or if it's a double breaker, like I still don't get quite how um, players use aim point in those scenarios. Obviously I'm sure there's an answer to it. Yeah. Um, Because it's not like, you know, if I asked a tour player, they'd be like, Oh wow. I never thought of that. Uh, But I feel like with my eyes, I'm still a decent green reader, but I don't know. We're going to, we're going to see, hopefully I can find some time to put in some work on the greens with a line on the ball and see like how that goes. It's been, it's been probably five years since I've putted with a line on the ball. So, yeah. And I've always been a line putter, which is another reason why I'm considering the vice golf ball is because it just comes with the line already on those lines are nice. Sons are very nice too. Yeah. I actually, speaking of the vice golf ball, I saw that they did a 2021 study, golf ball study, 85 mile per hour swing speed, testing driving distance. And the vice pro plus was the longest golf ball in that test. It was averaging like 236 or something for an 85 mile per hour swing speed, Mm -hmm. which I mean, makes sense because the moments I started hitting vices, like I felt like I picked up five, 10 yards when I was hitting it well. So Mm -hmm. that makes a little bit of sense now that I see that study, but I thought that was really interesting when I saw that. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm definitely, I still have probably a dozen pro V's maybe more. And we'll see if, uh, if I end up with any shop cred for many tournaments this year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I am considering switching still, uh, vice is a possibility. Strixon is a possibility. Taylor made possibly even the tour response is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching, I was doing some, some watching, uh, video, like a TXG video going, well, it actually wasn't on the TXG channel. It was on Matt's individual channel. Um, he was testing the tour response and he's a high, high ball speed player and basically performed identically to the pro V one on his, uh, like wedges and driver. Um, there was, there was a little bit less spin on the mid irons for him, Yeah, but you know, so I would say, I'd say that's pretty similar to like the vice pro plus and that's, and, and the tour response, I mean, that's a 39 99, a dozen ball. So, I mean, if it's, but but yeah, but then again, if it's, if it's not anything that's performing better than the vice, you might as well just get the vice because in bulk, you can get such a great deal on them. Mm -hmm. Um, You did mention before we recorded, I'm going to bring this back up. You went to the long putter, uh, the extended putter, extended grip experiment. Yes. Uh, And from what we talked about, you apparently did not have a good experience because you are considering switching back. Um, I'm still, I'm still deciding. Like sometimes it feels really nice. Sometimes it just feels a little bit off. Like it just feels awkward because it's different or just. And I don't know if it's because the putter wasn't built that way because obviously you 
I, I mean, not that I'm feeling the putter shaft flex and things like that, but it's it's not, you know, this it wasn't built to be a shaft that's 38 inches. Mm-hmm. Um the 2.0 grip is it does feel a little bit fat for me. Like it's and it's which pretty... which one did you have on yours? Did you have like the the Zenergy or did you have the what was the other one? The one I, I have think of now. The one I have right now, it's it's the Zenergy Tour. It's the Zenergy. Yeah, it's the Tour 2.0 uh, XL. The Tour 2, yeah. Yep, so it's it's like the, the grip itself is like 13 or 14 inches. Um, Just like large, you're like in the hands, you're saying? That yeah, you can't get like it's, it's, it's definitely fatter than... Um, than I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I guess, you typically I guess. just have a standard like 1.0 on yours, don't you? On my Rossi, if, which if I you have a used, super stroke. Yeah. Which I haven't used a lot in the past couple of years, but that one has a 1.0 on it. And even that feels fat. Like if I go conventional grip, like that's still more yeah. than I want in my lower hand. And I mean, all of last year I putted with that ping putter. That was basically just a standard size grip. Like it was mm-hmm. slightly thicker than standard. Um, so I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about removing the extension and doing a super stroke 1.0 and then putting my counterbalance weight in it so that the total weight of the, of the grip is between hundred and 110 grams. Um, I, I really like the shape of the putter I have right now. Like it's yeah. basically my dream shape for a putter. It's like yeah. the round, the rounded blade with the alignment line on the top rather than the flange. Like it's my, um, I'm just trying to, I don't know. It, it's not a, we'll let it breathe for a few, you know, a little bit longer, especially because I don't have any tournaments coming up in the near future, but yeah. Yeah. It's, for me, uh, you know, I've been considering going longer. And for me, it's mainly just, you know, one, my putter's a little short. So it's a a little bit to help with just some back issues that I have had for a little bit, um, not having to bend over as far. But also, you know, counterbalance and uh, getting a little bit hopefully more consistent with with longer leg putts because my leg putting is not great. Uh, my short putting is really, really good. So, you know, I sacrifice a little bit of that just to get a little bit more consistent with, you know, 25, 30 footers that I'm not good at at all. It's kind of my plan with it. Um, I got the same grip that you had the 2.0 the xl Mm -hmm. and i think i mentioned this to you before but i had the when i had my old odyssey putter uh i actually had the just the standard 2.0 on it Mm -hmm. so that's it's the size i'm used to and getting the flat so uh it's gonna feel very similar to what i have on my putter now right now i have the pistol uh gtr 1.0 so it'll be a little bit larger, which is just fine because I have a little bit larger hands. So 
Yeah. And the thing is, so I put the extension in myself. So I wasn't planning on, so the extension itself was three inches long. Um, and I wasn't planning on extending it the full three inches, but then once it was in, I just like didn't want, I didn't feel like going through the work to, to cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just threw the grip on and I mean, it is real. it is long, like 38 inches is, I bet it feels, um, it, it feels really long. Uh, so, and obviously, you know, the, my, my whole point was to grip it lower down, like farther down. So it didn't matter, but it's still, it's just taking some getting used to and figuring out exactly how I'm going to position my hands and my setup and everything. It's just like, mm-hmm. it doesn't come quite as naturally as to when it's just like a standard 35 inch, like I already, I know how I'm going to set up to it. So I'm still sort yeah. of working through how I'm going to set up to it. So, and the one 18 hole round that I played, uh, started off really good. Like my, uh, was making putts early. Is this the round you were right ahead of me? Yes. Uh, made some good putts early. Also made a couple of good putts later in the round, but also missed a couple short ones. So it was like, there was a lot of good and a lot of bad. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know how to measure it. But yeah, are we about at our, uh, we're about at our typical two hours or hour and a half, whatever it is. I think we started. Honestly, late, if you so. average it out like per week, this is like a less than an hour per week because you know, we've yeah, because we're going every other week so. in the on season. So if we get time next week, we definitely can to do like a, a deeper uh, dive preview an for open the open preview. But, yeah, I, I would. Thinking of next week, what do I got? Softball Tuesday. I mean, my Wednesdays, basically my Wednesdays come down to if I'm subbing or not. Because, like, yeah. last week we w- could have recorded, but I had to sub. Dude, I would love at to the play Prairie Club, Wins so. right now. Um, that sounds really fun. Yeah, I got to play it twice last week. played it once for men's league, and I played it in a scramble. And scramble is definitely a lot more fun, um, score-wise. But I have greens out there. Uh, they were pretty good. I mean, they're, they're typical Prairie Winds greens. Prairie Winds is just, I feel like it's always the same every year. The greens roll really good and everything else just kind of sucks. I've heard the greens at Willow, which is where the stroke play is going to be. I've heard they're awesome. So, which is surprising considering how much play they get out there. Yeah. For being a great life. That's a kind of a shock. Yeah. And Willow, like, from what I remember about playing Willow back in college, like the course is great. And I did like the greens a lot, but we would always play it. It was about a month removed from the Symmetra tour event that was there. So the course was just beat up when we would play it. And so, you know, you're playing a conference tournament on greens that look like they just had a hailstorm come through. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as uh as much as I've been lamenting not playing much golf, I do still have some good stuff to look forward to this year. I have, uh, hopefully, hopefully a, a stretch of four tournaments in a row, four weeks in a row. Um, I'm trying to make everything work out so I can play the Pro-Am, which is at the end of this month. Pretty fun tournament, two-day two day deal. Uh, the week after that is the stroke play, the state amateur. Mm-hmm. At Willow. The weekend after that is the U.S. Mid-Am qualifier 
at Minnehaha Country Club. Another USGA event. Yep. Right after I was telling you I'm no longer doing USGA qualifiers, but I was already signed up for I this think, one. I think you just said the USAM. I think the Mid-Am. I guess is yeah, I know. Mid-Am gives me more hope. For yeah, sure. the Mid-Am you're not playing in 16, 17, 18-year-old All-Stars. Yeah, and I like to say, oh, it's because of the college kids, and I hate to admit that I'm getting destroyed by high school kids too, but, you know. Uh, so there's that, and then the weekend after that is the Compesca. Always a fun one. That's always a great one. And then a couple weekends after that um, is the State Mid-Am Two-Man. So oh, that's um, a mouthful. We are tentatively planning uh, a team Mahold making a trip out to the Black Hills. Where is that at? Red Rock. Gosh, I love that course. That is September 9th and 10th, the weekend after Labor Day. So maybe three weeks after the Compesco. I'm not quite sure. But... I wish Facebook had an easier way to look at events because I'm trying to see if they have a date for the, uh, what's the thing, the club championship, but I'm not seeing anything. I don't even know if they're going to do that anymore after last year it fell through. Yeah, I really hope they do because, you know, I would like to play in a club championship. Well, I mean, not that it matters because it might be my last year at cattail so who knows but i feel like i was going to mention something else and now it's uh kind of spaced my mind oh you were talking about your upcoming schedule um me besides just men's league every thursday uh i'm kind of hitting a stretch in my year where it's going to get really really busy really quick uh the last week in july uh, I have an orientation at work, so I am busy that entire week. And then I'm going to Nebraska that weekend uh, for a golf trip. So I'll be down in Nebraska the weekend of the Pro-Am, actually. And then the week after that is more orientation. Uh, and then before you know it, school will be starting and we'll have the Compesca open. So it's a... Uh, the next month is going to be very, very busy for me. At least I feel. Yeah, it feels like golf season just started, but now we're almost looking at the end of it. Like, you know, it's kind of. Yeah, and I remember uh, when we were talking at the beginning of this year that like the goal was to like play more. Yeah, that has not uh, that has not panned out. Yeah, I was kind of talking about that with my fiance uh, yesterday. That like, I was looking at my gin, uh, looking at you know my last twenty, and one of my last twenty, up until this last round I played was from the state stroke play last year. So I have a round that's in there. This is going to depress me. I'm going to bring up my last 20 here. Yeah, I have a round that's in there from August 21st, 2022, which just tells me I'm not playing enough rounds. Uh, oh, that no. I haven't played 20 rounds this year. My handicap might get worse no matter what I shoot my next round. My last round Don't you that's love dropped. That? 
my uh my next round that's gonna drop off is my sixty five at Elmwood West. When that happens. So September eighteenth, that's my I'm surprised I've even played twenty rounds since then, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm gonna in my next three well, two of my next three, I'm gonna drop a seventy and a sixty nine. So Dang, that's too bad yeah. that 65 is dropping off. That's That was my best round in years that I shot last September. Yeah. I have a 65 on mine, but it's a nine-hole combined. Kind of lame. I have a uh, I have a 38 waiting to be combined. Lovely. You know what's funny is that my 87 actually went in as an 85 because of that quad. Okay, that's also always it. the best. It would only take a double. So why do some of the scores have an asterisk? The asterisks are the ones that are counted. They're part of your eight. What are eight? Like your eight best? Yeah, your eight best differentials, because that's what makes up your handicap. Oh, okay. It's 40%. I've got 67, 69, 74, 70, 70, 73. 75, 65. No wonder my handicap is a plus two. Because I have multiple scores in the 80s in there. Yeah, but the 80s don't count towards your handicap if they're not part of your best eight. Wait, so what happens if there's a PCC of minus one? Does that mean scores were lower that day? Yeah, it means scores were lower that day. No. Because my most recent round, my 67 had a PCC of minus one. My 81 at TPC Twin Cities didn't have a PCC. So it's like, what's what's that even for? Yeah, the PCC, you know, I've been PCC twice. My last two actual 18-hole rounds that I played... At Cattail, both got PCC for a minus one. So, yeah, scores were lower than normal on that day. And so it takes a stroke away or it adds a stroke, whatever. Like I had one that I shot 73. It should have been a 0.9 differential, but it ended up being a 1.9 differential. Well, anything else before we call it for who knows how many? Oh, Justin Jefferson won play of the year at the ESPYs. Is that and when he uh, he witty all over? What play was play of the year for Justin Jefferson? That catch against the Bills. Oh, yeah, that was sick. Um, and uh, the, the Netflix documentary with Kirk Cousins came out, so I'm going to watch that. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, last thing before we sign off, shout out yes. Damar Hamlin. Gosh, I think of that. All I think about now is the conspiracy theories. I'm too online. <laughs> You're too woke. Shout out, Damar Hamlin. Allegedly. All right. I got nothing else. So whenever you I ready. got nothing else. All this right. was a good one. Yep. Uh, hope you guys all enjoy this one. Hopefully enjoy watching some coffee golf across the pond these next couple weeks. 
some of the honestly some of the best weeks. Oh, next week we have live at the open radio. Ivan with his blue shirt, no hat, gray trousers. <laughs> speaking of speaking of footjoy, I got some nice footjoy shorts last weekend. Oh, dude, they're like built different. They're not, they're so nice. Footjoy clothing is just. I mean, I always love the shirts, how they're just a little bit baggy, like a little bit larger. See, I don't, I actually don't, that's why I don't wear Footjoy shirts, but I'm also built like Gumby, so. Uh, On that note, we call it? I'm built like a brick shithouse. (laughs) (laughs) We went this whole time. (laughs) Had to get the E in there. there. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, you know, follow the Instagram. Uh, we'll see you. I'll, I'll, I'll try to post some week. more on the, I'll try to post yeah. some more on the Instagram, be a little more active. Just been so busy. Yeah. It's been uh, very busy. We're not forgetting about you guys. We're not forgetting about the pod. We've done it before. We've neglected it, but uh, no plans time. to do that. Yeah. Uh, we're a couple months away from our one year anniversary from bringing it back. We're, so. we've got to be getting pretty close to the, the trainee award season. Oh, yes. We might have to do a mid-season trainee here soon. We should do that soon. Change things up a bit. Yeah. We could do a, yeah, like a summer a summer trainees. Yeah. We'll have to see if we can actually get uh, Mr. Part-Time, Mr. Part-Time to show up. We could have so. Lando. Lando could be the third for that one. Or Drew. Drew could give out some trainees. We could do a first uh, derailed episode. We could just do like awards oh, for the year, but like about anything. Yeah, like the oh, who's someone that just never shows up to work? Hmm. I don't know. Like the the Hunter Mayhan Award for just never showing up, or no, the uh, what's his name? What's his name? Dylan Fratelli Award for never showing up when it comes uh, time to work. The Lamar Jackson Award. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Josh Jacobs slash Saquon Barkley Award, because they're both going to hold out, it sounds like. There's a lot of, a lot of different ways we could go with that. We could. But we can even barely get these episodes recorded. So Yeah. Shout out Northwestern. Uh, go Cats. Okay. <laughs> Go cats. We'll see you next I time. I just got Peace. stuck in a bogey train. Mm-hmm.